I want me some glory hope. Oh, yeah. Hello, welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or this week's simulcast on our YouTube channel, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Seavis, and I'm joined as always by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Well, what's up, buddy? Uh, you know, a lot of people watching this might think we're social distancing. Uh, actually, I've been telling you for years to quit substituting showers for just jumps in the pool. It's not, not the same without the soap, so you just keep your distance over there. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of think it is with the chlorine and everything. It To me, how could, you know, Pert Plus do any better than fucking, you know, salt chlorine? I don't know. Well, if women get to do the whore's bath, we get to do the pool bath. Right You're there. goddamn right about that. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we are coming to you today. We're going to do a round one draft recap. As you can see, sitting outside, beautiful sunshine, and we are having a fucking ball. Uh, we actually went and played golf earlier today. Is that what that was? Yeah. It it went about as well as it does every year that we go play golf around draft time. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of sun, and we met a wonderful uh, young man that ended up playing with us, and he was a lot of fun. Uh, his name was Mike, and he was a veteran and, and proud member of this country, and he also got real fucking hammered. And uh, started critiquing other people's swings <laughs> and fucking heckling the groups in front of him, which is all like. And, you know, some people say, well, wouldn't, why wouldn't you stop him? But why would we stop him at that point? Like, this dude is a fucking Afghani veteran. I don't know him. Like yeah, that. and he can, ju- he can just go get some. So yeah. uh, it was a lot of fucking fun, though. That's for sure. Uh, we're outside. I'm drinking. What are you drinking on, bud? Oh, that's, that's water. That's water. Yeah. But we're not doing he, the. He got a lot of sun today. He got yeah, a lot, it's of, a lot sun. of sun. I'm dehydrated, so I'm I'm rehydrating. But yeah, I don't have any how many beer stories today. Do you? You got one? Well, I'm drinking. I've got strawberry uh, blonde shiner in this one, which is my favorite shiner seasonal beer. And in this one, uh, I think I have two two beers. In this one, I think they're Rolling Rock. I can't remember exactly. You can drink for me then. Yeah. yeah. Two two Yetis over. So don't don't worry, Longhorn's gonna get into it. He'll he'll be drunk by the time all this is over with tonight. But for right now, we want to do a draft one recap. So let's get let's get into round one. All right. So starting off, Cincinnati obviously took Joe Burrow. You know, in our mark draft, you gave him Joe Burrow. Everybody gave him Joe Burrow. Even the monkeys at the zoo pointed a picture of Joe Burrow. Everybody knew this happened. So pretty shocked. Pretty chalk beginning on it. Yeah, it just started the boring trend of the night. Yep, and then continued on with Washington at number two. Obviously, they took Chase Young, which again, you, me, the monkeys at the zoo, everybody had that happening. Any trades yet? No trades. Oh, okay. Moving on, number three, Detroit stayed right there. <laughs> right there, no trade. You had them no trading. Trade. A lot of people had them trading either Miami or, or uh, the Chargers, and they didn't do that, so... Jeff Okuda. So tell us about Jeff Okuda and the player they got there at three. Well, I mean, he's, he was my quarterback number one. Uh, not a whole uh, – I, 
I guess I compare him a lot to the Jerry Judy cornerback. Uh, he's just not a whole lot of flaws. There's nothing that stands out. Like, he's not a D on or anything, but hard to find any flaws in his game. Um, some people did have Henderson as, as their CB number one, uh, but not very many. Most people had Okuda cornerback uh, number one. Kind of surprising that Detroit didn't trade out of that spot. It was the At the time, it was surprising. As we found out later as the night went on, it was just for whatever reason, you know, it was not the night for trades, whether it's, you know, whether it's the way it was set up because of the virus or, or just a random no trades. But I think it's because of the virus personally, but, you know, we were expecting movement there. It didn't happen. Yeah, that was pretty much the thing for the night. Uh, and either, either these GMs got together and everybody kind of talked about some things or it just went this way. But I've never, I can never remember a draft where the GMs held their water like they did in this one and to their credit excellent GMing going on excellent right we'll get to Miami in a second but a lot of these GMs stayed right where they were at and got the dude they wanted all along and did not have to give up any other resources to get their person and that you don't see very often yeah and I was worried that Detroit was going to fuck that all up and take (laughs) fat fatty not that Derrick Brown's a bad player I like like him as a prospect but the uh, positional value cornerback was was the right play there all right, number four, uh, went the Giants stayed right there at four, which we thought they probably would stay there at four and take the tackle. We just didn't know which quite tackle. Uh, and they took uh, uh, Thomas, the tackle from Georgia, uh, right there at four. So. Yeah, yeah, they took they took the tackle like we thought they would. They took my, my offensive tackle number one, which kind of, I mean, that was exciting to see them do that. A lot of people had them taking Werfs. I saw, saw some people putting Simmons there with them at four. Um, He's just he's just a long long arms prototypical left tackle, so uh, he'll fit right in. Start day one, I thought it was solid. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Joe Judge, yeah. Joe Judge's first pick as head coach, along with you know the Gettleman, who's a fucking momo. All right, uh, Miami. Like I said, they stayed right there. They got their dude they wanted all along. They threw all that smoke out there. They didn't really care for Tua. Obviously, that was a bunch of horseshit because they stayed right there at five, and they got their man Tua Tungavaloa, or however you say his fucking name. Yeah, at this point, we're about forty-five minutes into the draft, and it's boring as fuck. So <laughs> nothing has happened. Everything's going pretty much chalk. So, well, who was next? Uh, next was Justin Herbert, your boy. Justin Herbert went to the Chargers at six. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like I told you on the phone last night. Just, Pretty much the perfect spot for him. Uh, I don't think he's going to have to start for a while. We'll see how long it takes for him to, to take that job from uh, to Rod Taylor. But when he does, he's got the, he's got a great roster around him to, to support him. Uh, but once again, this is all straight chalk. Well, I mean, it was a little a little surprise factor there, just because we didn't know Herbert. Well, we didn't know if they would actually go the quarterback. Like we we heard they really loved him, and again. All the rumor was they were going to trade up right to Detroit at three and do it, and they didn't have to do it. They sat right there at six, gave up no resources, and got the dude that obviously, again, they did want all along. So uh, I'm not a fan of Mr. Herbert, but he is in the very best position for him to succeed, no doubt about it, because the Chargers roster is fucking loaded on both goddamn sides. And even with Tyrod Taylor, I mean, they could be a nine-win a nine team this next year with Tyrod Taylor starting all 16 games and Herbert never seen the field. I could easily see that. All right, moving on. 
to seven, and at seven, Carolina took your big fat fatty, Mr. Derrick Brown, a defensive tackle. Yeah, I was. I guess I was a little surprised at this pick. Um, I don't know, Matt Rule. He's there for ten years. He's got. Is he, he's got a ten-year contract, right? Or eight or whatever. It's a. It's a long. He's gonna be there a long time. Um, I don't know. You're supposed to start with the trenches when you're building your rosters. The problem with defensive tackles, um, in my experience of watching throughout the years, is their shelf life isn't that long of being great. Uh, like even the really great ones, the interior defensive linemen, like like Sue. I mean, what, he's probably a, what eight, nine, ten year veteran at this point. Only quite ten, but yeah, eight, eight, nine something years. like that. But but his productivity has dipped. He's not what he once was. So you have a short shelf life of just a great player. You got a longer shelf life. <laughs> it's a lot of fat to carry around it on is. those knees. And I'm obviously and I say, you're attacking his defense. Obviously, I say that you know poking fun at fat people, but that's the reality of the situation. There's a lot of goddamn weight to carry around on any human frame and to do it as explosively as they it's not like they're waddling their fat asses in Walmart or whatever they're fucking out there competing with the best athletes in the world and they're using every ounce of strength and muscle they have which is a tremendous amount of that that puts even more stress on those ligaments on those joints and everything that goes along with it I mean you see all these people that are overweight getting knee replacement surgery by you know, 50, 60 years old of just living 50, 60 normal years of life, normal wear and tear. Imagine being 350 pounds, moving that mass that quickly, that many times over and over, and hitting another dude in the mouth that's 350 pounds, moving his fat ass right against you. Like, that's the reason why. It's just physically you cannot hold up that long yeah. at, the, at that size. Yeah, and I thought that – I honestly thought that Simmons would be the, the pick there because – and in all honesty, he's three years probably from even the peak of what he's going to be. Uh, and then once he hits that peak, you're looking at another five or six years if you can figure him out correctly. To you know, so you're you're looking at ten years with Derek Brown. He's he's going to be good day one, instant impact. But three four years down the road, I think he's about ready. Yeah, he's going to be hitting that wall, pushing three sixty, and, and I, knees are going to hurt. So yeah, it was surprising. Solid solid picker. Yep. All right, Isaiah Simmons, we just mentioned him. Yeah, we just mentioned him. Uh, middle linebacker is kind of where he's being projected. Uh, safety. safety, somewhere around there. But anyway, he went number eight to Arizona. So uh, I don't like drafted players in top ten that I don't know what position they play. Hopefully the good people, Coach Bro and his uh, staff, have an idea of what they're going to do with Isaiah Simmons. I think he's obviously an athletic freak, and there's probably anything on the football field he can't do. But – I did, to me, drafting top ten, like I kind of have to know what you do and what you're going to do for me in my football team. Well, the interesting part about the Cardinals is now they have two they have two players like this on defense because they took Hassan Reddick. Oh gosh, what was it? Yeah. three years ago. Yeah. So and he was another one of those tweener type freakish athletes. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? And I know it's a new coaching regime, regime but the, the previous regime couldn't figure out Hassan Reddick. Uh, I'd have to look up what what he did last year on like his PFF grade and stuff. But now you got two chess pieces like that. Is, does that defensive coach set have the ability to place not just one but two of those chess pieces in the right place? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, you know, their head coach got fired by his alma mater, so there's always that. And then hired by the department. And then failed up to the NFL. 
Which, first of all, nobody gets fired by their alma mater, but... He's doing something. I mean, you know, maybe it's just because he's so fucking good looking. Like, you know, when you're that good looking, you know, of course we speak from experience, when you're that good looking, yes, things just kind of fucking go. When's our head coach from John Kennedy? Well, I mean, I don't really, I would never want to be a Like, that's a job, like, if you said, hey, you want to go be head coach of the Jaguars, I'd be like, nah, I'll fucking pass on that. Like, I never wanted to get into coaching. It's too many hours. It's too much bullshit. It, I'd like to be the GM. I would love to be the GM. But no, I'm, I'm out on the coaching part. 100% out. All right, moving on to Jacksonville. C.J. Henderson, cornerback. Cornerback two on most people's boards. Yeah, this is where I actually thought Derek Brown was going to go. They went ahead and took cornerback uh, number two. So, solid pick. Like I said, a lot of people have him as cornerback number one. Um, should have a nice long career in Jacksonville. Yeah, I thought that was a solid pick. Uh, Ten. I fucking hate this pick for so many reasons. Cleveland. Your Cleveland Brown took Jedrick Wills, who was my OT1 in in this draft class. So I think they made a great selection. But what worries me about my evaluation of this player is that Cleveland took him. Because anytime Cleveland takes a player, you immediately think, fuck. Yeah. Well... I mean, he's a big old giant dancing bear, and he did play right tackle at Bama, but that was because he was protecting Tua's blind side. He is going to have to switch to left tackle in Cleveland, and there is some muscle memory issues to, to work out there. Um, but he's he's such a smooth footwork uh, tactician. I don't I don't really see it being a problem. I think it's going to be a solid pick, and, and uh, you know Baker's got all the weapons and the protection he needs now. Your boy Baker Mayfield. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Like I said, uh, my only problem with the kid is he got drafted by Cleveland, and that usually tells me something's fucking wrong. All right. Moving on. Number 11 at the Jets. They took the next big fat fatty, Mr. Beckton, the offensive tackle. This this was the first, like, whoa. I mean, like, that one shocked me. He was supposed to be a slider in this draft. I know that marijuana use doesn't matter anymore. They're not testing and whatnot, but um, I, I mean, I guess we found it doesn't matter completely. As in, like it's it's a done deal now in the NFL. If you smoke weed, it does not matter because he got he got um, some positive hits there at the combine. But you know, for what they need, solid pick, big old giant man. As long as he can hold up health wise, being that big in the NFL, he should start for a long time. Uh, I was a little surprised they didn't go with one of these receivers here honestly, and start the receiver run, but can't can't fault them for the pick. Yeah, uh, I would have went receiver there, but he's one of those dudes that's going to live in knee braces for his entire career and hope he holds up. All right, speaking of receivers, you knew. You knew. We were watching. We We were simulcasting ourselves on the phone, watching the draft, and you knew that the Raiders at 12, you knew goddamn well. They were going to draft the fastest dude possible because even though Al Davis is dead, for some reason, that legacy lives on in Oakland. And they drafted Henry Ruggs, which was the, of the, I'll say, I don't remember everybody's exact 40 time, but of the blue chip players, he was the fastest of the blue chip players. They ran 427. And you know what? Do you remember what we were watching last night? Do you remember seeing the pumpkin pie haircut freak son of Al Davis? You know, I didn't. I know. I, I just thought of that because 
clearly he made that pick uh, in, in, in honor of his of his father and the jumpsuit. And uh, but has there uh, ever been an uglier family than the Davis men? I mean, I'm gonna cut Al Davis some slack because he was probably 108 years old when I first got started watching football. That died at about 149, I believe, is what he lived here. <laughs> but he's a fucking son, sea turtle. <laughs> the son with that. I mean, all he needs is the chip tooth up front. He's oh man, haircut a freak haircut. He could be in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I know Mayock was clapping about that, and Chucky was oh you my know, God. being all fatty, patting the chair, didn't want to stand up. He's been put on too much Dude, weight. Dude, how much weight is that fucking guy put on? I mean, he's fat now, so. He used to but, be, like, he was on, he was <laughs> one of people, I remember this very distinctly. He was one of people, you know, they do the 50 best looking people in the world every yeah. year. He was on that list when he was, like, the head coach of Tampa Bay. Has anybody seen my friend Antonio? <laughs> I mean, he's oh. fat now, and he's got himself the new. And maybe he won't lose Henry Ruggs in training camp like he lost to Antonio. Dude, that TV gig made him so fat, <laughs> so fucking fat. You know what I love about these TV dudes, and I don't know how they do it, and it has to be some sort of technique or what they eat or something, but they never, like, Al Michaels has never really gained weight in his face. Still looks good, like, weight, yeah, it's weight called, face, it's called face. surgery. All this is All fine, this but man, if you get down to their bellies, Al Michaels has a gut that sticks out. I mean, and it's called hair plugs, facelifts, and Botox. But like you, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because they're all like all those old TV dudes have big fat guts. It's a big fat, you know. They you know they don't sit around and do anything. They just they just call shit on TV, but their face all still stays pretty good. Yeah, it's a lot of work. They got lots of money, and their face is their job. Their belly's not. Shit <laughs> in my Henry belly. Henry Ruggs is really fast. He's probably not going to work out there. We ain't talking much. About yeah, I don't care about him. He's not. He's not. That's a bust. It's a terrible thing. All right, Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Tampa Bay, the next big fat fatty. Tommy boy. Did they, did they trade up? They yeah, traded they trade up, up one spot. That's right. They traded up one spot, and they actually they gave up a third. In our in our mock, we had Becton falling to them in fourteen. This actually worked out better in this scenario. Only only having to trade up one spot, got uh, a fantastic tackle. I think he could be a Hall of Fame guard. That's not how he's going to play in Tampa. He's going to have to play uh, right tackle, which is fine. When you play right tackle, you're you know it's it's more closer to a guard type thing anyway. So he's going to be relied on to do a lot of power run type scenario so great pick love the player everything about him there's no negatives at all so i just think he fits better guard person agreed all right and then 49ers traded back the one spot and still got obviously the dude they wanted all along this one shocked the shit out of me i thought for sure uh mr shanahan was gonna go with jerry judy he did not he took kinlaw which tells you right there i can just guarantee you that was a uh GM pick, not a Shanahan pick, probably, but they took their defensive tackle. I like the defensive tackle at 14 a hell of a lot more than I like it at 7, and I like it that he is, I guess, more, can't say he's lean, but he's leaner, and he's, I think he's got more longevity 
not as dominating probably up front as Derek Brown, but more productivity and longevity in that. Yeah, he's more of the. He'll get more career sacks than Derek Brown will, uh, especially since he's playing for San Francisco, surrounded by that defensive line. Yeah. Um, but I don't like if you look up PFF grades year after year, tracking him and Derek Brown might not be a whole hell of a lot of difference, uh, but he will have the more sacks because he's more of a penetrating defensive tackle. Uh, it does tell me, though, that this was their plan all along, although nobody knew it. They're, they're great at keeping a secret, obviously, because they traded um, Buckner to the Colts. In, what was that? Gosh, a month ago, a month and a half ago, whatever. And and with that with that selection, they took they replaced him at defensive tackle. So tells me that was kind of the plan all along. Worked out perfectly for them if it was. Yep. Uh, and then next was the guy I thought was going there. He went 15, Jerry Judy wide receiver to Denver. And now Denver has Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And Noah And Noah Fan. And Jake Butt. Uh, anybody's interested? No. no? Not, no. not him? Not Jake Butt? He's a failed. That's a failed tight end Michigan prospect that maybe one person is going to know. Well, for you one listener out yeah. there, the, the Jake Butt reference hit. You're fucking welcome because I will bring a reference to this fucking podcast that Jake one Buck person fan fucking club. gets. I'll, I'll, fuck, I'll, I'll fucking do it. Yeah. I will do it. I'll, I'll bring the most obscure shit you've ever heard. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Jerry Judy, though, yeah. Love this kid. This is my wide receiver one in this class. Uh, I'm not worried about the injury thing because he played two years after the scope with zero, uh, zero, uh, it, I guess. There, there, there's no no issues, no complications, and he didn't miss any time. So, yeah, wide receiver one for me. Love this guy. Not a lot to say about him. No flaws. Uh, if you listen to our podcast, our mock draft before this, uh, this, I can't believe a flawless wide receiver like this fell this far, but that usually works out better. Um, he was my wide receiver number two, so we'll get to that later. Man, wide receiver one for Longhorn still on the board. All right, moving on, 16, A.J., Terrell, cornerback, hmm. went to Atlanta. I, AJ I, Terrell. Terrell, Terrell. Whatever the fuck his name is, I, I don't. I just shook my head when this fucking happened. I was like, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I, I like the player. We're, we're different on this. Um, what, what pick are we at? 16. 16. This feels rich to me. Um, almost feels a little panicky, honestly, because of the way the board fell. Um, I don't know why Atlanta didn't trade back here because they they clearly targeted Henderson and um, Henderson went higher than a lot of people thought. Feels like and we could be wrong. We don't know what kind of feel, what kind of phone calls they've taken. They fielded maybe they got shitty offers. Who knows? But to take a cornerback, uh, AJ Terrell, who I, I think he's a fine prospect, but to take him at 16 when he or someone just like him would be available at the back end of the first round. Really surprised they didn't trade out of here. Um, and, and I gotta believe that there was offers coming in because C.D. Lamb was still sitting right there, and I find it hard to believe that Philadelphia wasn't calling uh, to Atlanta to sneak up before Dallas. I mean, just in my opinion, I think they were fielding calls, panicked, took a cornerback because that's what they were dead set on taking from from day one. And uh, we'll see if it works out. He's a fine prospect. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So. On my notes on that pick, I said, and I quote, terrible pick here. Second round player at 16, Atlanta no. sucks. No. 
So, we'll move on. But that that's okay. what I thought about that pick. All right. All right. <laughs> we move on to 17 and them Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. They got the gift of all yes. gifts. And my buddy's wide receiver one fell right into their goddamn laps at 17. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. But it did happen. And at that point, you knew. The Cowboys had no, they had they had no inclination or no plans of taking CD Lamb, ever, not ever. But when he's there, and reports are coming out today, he's number six on their board. Your sixth best player on your board is sitting there at seventeen. You just you don't walk away from it. You just don't do it. Hey, but even saying that, aren't you still surprised they didn't fucking? I'm very surprised they didn't fucking. I'm I'm surprised they didn't fucking take uh you know chase on anyone just just to fucking do it. Yeah, I, I think. I think that they were in a situation much like Atlanta was, where it was a perfect spot where they could have panicked and just taken Chase on anyways, which in the long run is going to be a, it's just a bad move to, to do something. Like that. You always want to take you know best player available if you can, unless it's just ridiculous and you just can't do it. But when a talent like City Lamb falls on you, have to do it. You just have to. And I would imagine they were getting phone calls crazy too, but. Uh, with Philly being one of them, there's, I mean, I, that, that's I the, that's the thing though. Like the phone calls they're getting were for that specific place, and, and one of them for sure in division. Yes, so, so yeah, you're not going to do I that. I mean, I would, I wouldn't do that. Um, he, like, like you said, he is my wide receiver number one. I love the wow factor with him. I love the. Um, he's just going to do. He, he and Judy might put up very similar uh, stats and numbers, but it's going to look different. On the field, so uh, yeah, Cowboys. This is what to me. This we're about two hours into the draft at this point, and this is when the actual fun actually started. This is this is when the draft actually started. We finally had a shake. It also came out today that uh, Jerry wants him to wear eighty-eight, so he's gonna be the third eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Jerry likes to tag numbers on, on people. It's, it's very uh, well. He so to be to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, uh, well, well uh, you will wear 88 uh, and I will pack, I mean, I will give you that jersey number. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, go ahead. We're we're getting sued for sure now. Yeah. Get get it back on All track. Right. But to be fair, I was about to say to Jerry, he does ask, right? Since since he's on the Cowboys. He asked, you know, players to wear that number. Right? He asked my club to wear it. He asked. Uh, is that the is that the, the way it goes? He yeah, asked. he he requested, so he asked Des to wear it. Right? He because he they won't issue eighty eight, and they don't allow anybody to wear eighty eight. Like you're supposed to, you only get asked to do it. But you get you get offered, offered to it. Good. Yeah, so it's like ninety four on defense. Charles right. Haley, right. So, they gave it to Gregory. Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. Might want to take that one back. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a, a huge tradition with the Cowboys. So he did offer 88. I didn't hear whether CeeDee Lamb accepted it. I'm sure he I mean, fucking will. Why wouldn't he? Do you tell a billionaire who does a draft on a yacht? No. I mean, not when he's paying your goddamn paycheck. Nah. Look for look for Lamb in 88. Hey, CeeDee. CeeDee. I, I just, I, I, y'all think you're a miracle, and I, I want you to wear it. 88 because uh, it's very special. It's very, spe- it's very special, and uh, it's, it's very prudent that uh, that you do so. 
and I'm not, uh, I am, but I'm not, but I am uh, asking that, uh, that you do this. Is he also going to ask him tattoos 88 on his <laughs> inner right forearm? We don't tell people this, but... Uh, <laughs> it's tradition around here that you put an 88 right there on your inner forearm. We give everybody five-digit numbers, not tattoos. <laughs> yeah, 88, 88, Oh, my 88. God. Go ahead. Moving on, Miami, their second first-round pick. God damn. How many? Who did they take? I forgot. They took a dude that I liked a lot. Uh, don't really like him this much, but Austin Jackson, the tackle. Oh, yeah. USC, right? Yes, USC. Um, very much a Tyron Smith for Dallas clone. Same, same size, same body type. Not as strong coming out of college as Tyron was, which explains why he slipped to whatever number we're at instead of number nine that Thomas Smith got drafted at. Um, a g- good, clean prospect, though. You know, footwork's fantastic, and uh, this is Miami. Okay, so they got Tua and Jackson. That's, that's a, I mean, if you like Tua, this is a great start for you. If you, if you like us and you think Tua's got bust written all over him, yeah, you're, you're batting 500. So the funny thing is on our, our mock draft we did, you gave them the tackle early, right? Because I gave them – Thomas, Thomas five. five. We didn't have so we did we did call it right. They didn't trade, or you called it right. They didn't trade, and you gave them the tackle early, and then I had them at eighteen, and I gave them the quarterback there. So different. Yeah, I gave them Jordan Love. So it was just funny that their top two needs on their board, we had it just in reverse. Yeah, that was a little surprising. Yeah. But I, I do like the Jackson. I, I think that's a great pick. I think I love that coach in Miami. I don't. I really, really, really don't like the Tua pick. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But either way, I, I think the dude's doing really good things. What's yep. going to suck is if Tua doesn't work out, That's he's going to get fired. Oh, for sure. That's the way it works. So, but maybe his next job, he gets a really, really good job. And, you know, he doesn't let somebody talk to him and fucking draft him. A 5'11 quarterback. <laughs> that gets hurt and is dumb. Yes, gets hurt and is very, very three red, very, flags. very dumb. You're out of here. All right, uh, All moving right. on. Damon Arnett, Arnett, sorry, cornerback for uh, the Raiders. The Raiders drafted him at 19. Uh, I I don't know what the fuck the Raiders are doing. I really thought that when Mayock came to the Raiders, like it would it would kind of straighten up the Gruden shit. And last year they had a good draft, just not in the first. They had was it three first round picks last year. They had three. Yeah, only one of them was any good, and that was Josh Jacobs. No, we don't. One of them got hurt, so we don't know. Okay. He looked good in the preseason. So one we don't know. Jacobs is a stud. And their the, the first pick, number four overall, not, not I mean, really we laughed our ass off when they took it. Yeah. Uh, turns out to be right because he looks like he just, he just can't play. And now they've uh, taken, you know, the fastest receiver in the draft, which I don't. I mean, I don't think the dude's going to be great. And then they take a cornerback that, it. I mean, a lot of people had great in the third round. Man, this feels like the Raiders of it the does. old day, like like ten years, fifteen years ago, watching the Raiders draft. Uh, you know, I'll I'll just go. They they went one out of three last year, pending injury. We'll see how how Abrams does when he comes back. I'm gonna assume that one of these kids can play and one can't. Um, I do I do like the the, the prospect, uh, the, the cornerback prospect Arnett. 
he did he he was thinking about coming out last year got talked into coming back and you know improving his stock he did obviously he's a first round cornerback now uh, if if we're doing the fifty percent thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to that Arnett works out instead of runs. I mean, I would lean with you. It's not that it's not that I don't like Arnett kid per se, but at nineteen, that's I, I don't I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know. We're on cornerback around here. I guess so. I guess so. All right, moving on. Jacksonville Jaguars used to be yours, now they're mine. They drafted Flavion Chasing. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, they obviously was most boards projected to go 16 or 17 to Atlanta and Dallas did not fail. And honestly, this is a perfect fit. They're, they're going to trade Ngakwe at some point, I think. I mean, he's in fights. With I the mean, GM he's pretty much so. called the GM and the <laughs> I mean, owner every name in the book. I mean, other than literally calling their mothers whores on Twitter, I think he's pretty much done everything else. How's that going to work now? Because we went through the draft and he was not traded, so. Now you're, now they're gonna only, they'll get a pick next year for him instead of a pick this year. They wouldn't year get a one anyway. Dude, he's a, he's a twelve sack monster every year, man. Well, I mean, I mean if yeah, if they're gonna trade him, they'll get a one next year. But so you're thinking he might get traded? Yeah, I'm thinking. I think I think him and Trent Williams get moved tonight. That's what well, they just drafted his replacement, so I mean, it's it's a, it's a done. I think him and Trent Williams for the Redskins both get moved tonight. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. On, on both. Okay. All right, moving on. Jalen Rager, wide receiver, and you nailed this one on the nose in our mock draft. Uh, went to Philly. Uh, I like this kid. I think it's a little, to me, it's a little high for him, but I do really like him. And with uh, it, with Peterson calling the plays and stupid Ginger throwing the ball, uh, I think he's going to have a lot of success. Yeah, and he's almost certainly going to step in day one and start. Um, I like, I like. I the mean, of course he is. They're fucking receiving yeah, for they garbage. They got nobody else. I like the fight in this kid. I always like the smaller. Um, he's not as he's not as thick as Steve Smith, but he's the same you know type five ten, five ten and a half type body body type. Um, you know, it, with the receivers that were left on the board at that point, yeah, Justin Jefferson did. I was really surprised Denzel Mims did. Did, did he get drafted in the first round? He slid out, didn't he? You know, you got Chanel from Colorado who's got the injury thing, so he obviously slid out. All three of those, if they're healthy with Chanel, I've got higher than Rager. Um, but, you know, it's uh, going to Philly with that offense and that and that quarterback, I mean, it's probably going to work. He's going to get a chance to start immediately. So. I mean, if it doesn't work, it's all on him. He, he's got a quarterback that can play. He's got a coach he can coach, especially offense. Yeah. And, it's probably and he's, gonna work. He's, he's probably literally going to start from day one because their yeah. receiving core might be the worst thing, worst unit in the NFL. Like with, before they added him, obviously, like as it as it stood on its own, it was fucking garb. Like the Redskins were bad, but like at least uh, they had uh, the Terry kid, you know, bust out this last year. He looks like he can really play. So if that kid can really play, like that's at least one player. There. Like the, the Eagles had nobody. Nobody. Uh, all right. Vikings did take Justin Jefferson at 22. And I am not as high on this kid, but I love this fit for this kid because he played like a possession receiver. I know he ran the past 40 times, but that's not what he played like. Played like a big possession receiver. And Kirk Cousins is a big possession quarterback. So I, I, I love this one. I love it. 
Yeah, this was a perfect fit, perfect spot. Uh, I wonder, I mean, obviously Philly had their choice. I wonder why, uh, I'd love to, we'll, we'll hear all these stories eventually. I wonder what the story was why Philly didn't like Jefferson as much as Rager, but. Um, I think because, because because Carson can make explosive plays and Rager can make explosive plays. And I don't, I don't see Jefferson ever being an explosive playmaker. He worked primarily out of the slot at LSU. I'll probably do a lot of that for Minnesota as well. So, perfect fit for you. Uh, all right. And then next was a dude that you liked a lot and I'm okay with. Uh, Kenneth Murray, linebacker. Oh. This was the trade-up. Chargers yeah, traded back up into the yeah. first round. Um, gave up their second to – this was New England, right? Yes. That dropped out. Yeah, so New England picked up an oh, extra. fucking force. Yeah. Uh, I love – Kenneth Murray as a prospect, um, and I love the fit that he just went to with the Chargers. It's one of their only, you know, the, there are rosters that don't have a whole lot of weaknesses and holes. Uh, left tackle was one. Middle linebacker needed a little work. Uh, the quarterback, you know, the future. Most people need that up there top of the draft. They got two of them filled on on night one. My comp on Kenneth Murray, and just watching the highlights when they were showing him uh, last night, it he. He literally is Jalen Smith, uh, Cowboys linebacker from Notre Dame that they drafted. He's not as good as Jalen Smith was while he was at Notre Dame before the injury. Um, he's probably a little better than him now post-injury for Jalen Smith. We'll see, but just watching the hot. I mean, he, they're, they're the exact same player, seek and destroy, A-gap blitzes, bust, just blow up screen passes, just, just seek and destroy. They're both about the same size, 6'2", 6'3". 245 pounds. They're just, uh, I love that player going to the Chargers. So, I keep thinking back to last year and then flashing forward to this year from the Colts. Like, how fucking bad Philip Rivers have to be with that roster? <laughs> Rivers? You just, I just tangent go off on the Rivers. Well, because you kept, I mean, you're talking about the Chargers. We've talked about the Chargers. The, the roster is so fucking good. Yeah. And for, for one of their only holes to be. A middle linebacker, like in today's football, it, it it's not. I'll say that it's not the important position that it used to be. Like used to be, you know, to to have a Super Bowl winning defense, where you had to have that dude in the middle, or whatever. Now, like with all these substitution packages and everything else, it's not that big a deal. But if that's a, I mean, and it is truly one of their only. Their roster is so loaded. Like he had to be so fucking bad at his job for them to not win and get into the playoffs. Now, I'm not talking about beating Kansas City, but at least getting to the playoffs. And now the Colts paid him $25 million one year. Yeah, but, I mean, that's going to be a fucking disaster. Like, he's going to go there to not even close to the same roster or the weapons or anything. That is going to be an outright fucking dumpster fire. Well, don't forget, uh, last year, that's like most years for the Chargers, they But two years ago, they went 12-4, and they weren't in the playoffs. So. That's what I, I, I really just – and I watched a lot of Philip Rivers' playlists. He just fell off that cliff like he was just off. And all their injuries last year were almost exclusively on defense. Hunter Henry, too. Has that dude ever been healthy, though? And I think Oku almost died at one point. Sort of he, he did. Did he live? Like a, he's living it well. Okay. Well, maybe not too well, but he's alive. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, next, the Saints took Caesar Ruiz. Uh, I know they drafted. It's listed as a center. Obviously, with him drafting McCoy last year in the second round, he's not going to play center. He's going to play guard. Uh, at 23, I think that's a decent pick. He, as long as he starts day one, I like that. Yeah, it's a fantastic pick. Uh, it just, man, back to back in the last two years, they've been loading up on this offensive line. It was already a pretty good offensive line, but they clearly, clearly want to protect uh, Drew Brees up the middle and not let him get any kind of pressure in his face at all. Uh, you know, he's, he's only 5'11", 6 feet, so it makes sense. And he's always had a fairly decent offensive line in his career. When it hasn't been good, things usually don't go as well for him as they do when they are good. So it's a little surprising to see that happen. And I actually had to pull up PFF and, like, like see what was going on with their situation on the offensive line. And they, there is one spot on the offensive line that needed upgrading, and uh, Ruiz will fit right in there starting day one. He's got, this is his last year, right? Breeze, yeah. He's, yeah, he's going to the booth. He's already got a deal in place with the CBS. One of those, but, but, but it goes to say, like, it's the same thing. You draft a guy like that, he's, you've got him for 10 years. Like, he's always wanted to play for a long time at a high level if they're good enough. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll be there just, you know, for the next guy's 10 years. Yeah, for sure. All right, at 25, uh, San Francisco. Traded back, back up, up to get to 25. They were at 31, so it went from 31 to 25. They took Brandon, uh, wide receiver from was it Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. Tell us about this kid. Well, he has an 81 inch uh, arm. Whoa, sir. sir, sir. Sorry, sir. I apologize for the sir. delay sir. between 81 inch and wingspan. I was trying to. Not, not everybody's watching watch this on video. They can't see you moving yeah. your arm. I know that was. If you see on video, I was thinking. <laughs> Anyways, his his let me rephrase it. His wingspan is 81 inches. He's only six feet tall. And to put that into uh, into uh, comparison, Megatron was what, six, six five. five. Yeah, and he had about an 82, 83 inch wingspan. Uh, so th- this kid, you know, his, his knuckles drag on the ground when, when he plays. He's uh, he's not the he's not the most athletic guy, but you know he's. As you can probably imagine, uh, catches the ball well in traffic. You know his long arms. He's got the he's got the end zone jumping ability. So um, in San Fran, that's probably going to fit like a charm. I can't I can't fault him. And I, um, the receivers are left on the board. I mean, I would I would have taken Denzel Mims. I, I would have taken Pittman over him. Pittman was there. He's been a late riser though. A lot of people had him in the second down round as of two weeks ago. So. Uh, can't can't fault them at all. Yeah, Shanahan. All right, at twenty six. Now this was the only, literally the only shocking thing of the entire first round. Who was it? Jordan Love to Green Bay. Oh. And it's not that it was shocking because trade up. Yeah, and a trade up. So they really, really, really like this kid. Now, my favorite part of this whole thing, is, and he was my QB two uh, in this draft. To clarify, I would not have drafted him in the first round. I don't think he's a first-round player. I don't think any of these quarterbacks outside of Burrow were first-round quarterbacks at all. But uh, late in the first round, they did trade back up to get their, what they hoped to be heir apparent. It's very Aaron Rodgers-esque, right? That's where he was drafted. They had Brett Favre, but the kid fell so far. How could you pass him? 
Is it the same number? I think it was close. I think was 24, maybe. 26. Anyway, it was close, but uh, it was the same exact situation. Now, Aaron is not Brett's, which they're both, you know, decently sized divas, but Aaron is a lot more passive aggressive and gets his butthole hurt. Is that what we call Aaron a diva? He's a crybaby. He bitch. is a crybaby bitch. If, if we want to be real, he's a crybaby bitch that gets his sandy vagina uh, all upset at any little fucking thing that doesn't go his way, and this is going to upset him greatly. I think Bakhtiari or somebody tweeted about it earlier. Like he's going to be pissed. He's gonna be... There's no way this works twice. There's no way. Like you, it just you fucking better not. That's bullshit. You don't go from far immediately to Rogers and then from. From Rodgers immediately to the next, you know, 10, 12, 14 years stud. There's no way that happened. I'm going to. When did Favre, what, what year did Favre start playing quarterback? For Green Bay? Yeah. Yeah. 94. Like yes. Um, 90, 93, 94. Early 90s. Early 90s. You're not going from the early 90s. And oh, not 92. Works. Sorry, that was 92. Okay, so if love works, what did we 2020. You're not going to go from the early 90s to the t- mid-2030s of successful quarterbacks. It's not going to happen. You know what? That That's a ridiculous <laughs> statement. First of all, just from, like, let's say it was 90. I, I believe I'm right. I think it was 92. I think that's about So from right. 92 to we're already in 2020, you've had if he works, it's gonna be 18 years, years of, obviously, uh, no, wait, more than that. Sorry. 28, 28. Far? From far, from far through Rodgers. That's 28 years. Well, I'm just saying, already, how ridiculous it is. 28 years. I mean, somebody born in Green Bay that's only 26 years old has never, and he's a Green Bay Packer fan because, of course, what the fuck else would you be in Green Bay? Make him 36 years old, so he was 10 when he started watching. All he's known is Hall of Fame quarterback. From age 10. The quarterback, the team that he cares the most about, that he spends yeah. all of his Sunday energy on, he's had a Hall of Fame quarterback his entire fucking life. So anybody so from there's Green no Bay doubt that, that wants to complain about anything, you can just go fuck yourself. And that kid, that 36-year-old well, man now, there's no doubt that he thinks Jordan Love is the next Hall of Famer. Like, that's just what yeah, man. I've seen it my whole life. We, we go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Fucking SOP, baby. We just draft Hall of Famers right here. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. All right, uh, moving on to 27. Seattle took Jordan Brooks, the linebacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was the probably the biggest reach in the draft. Doesn't mean it can't work. Doesn't mean he can't be a fantastic player in that uh, particular system. I will say this, and I, I didn't double-check it last night and look it up, but off memory, the last time I remember taking uh, Seattle taking a linebacker in the first round, it was Aaron Curry, linebacker out of Wake Forest, I believe, with the third or fourth overall selection. And he immediately was a bust. Um, and I, I just showed you earlier, I think I had Jordan Brooks as my MLB number six, I believe. So, uh, big reach here. You probably could have got him in the, in the late second, which is really, you know, or, or maybe even late third. Who knows? It was a big reach. Yeah, this is a terrible pick, and what makes it even worse is the next pick. The next pick is a great pick by Baltimore. Oh, yeah. He took Patrick Queen at the same position and is so much fucking better, and it's not even close. Like, I don't know as a professional evaluator or what scout or who the fuck ever made this evaluation, and I'm not throwing a lot of shade at Seattle. They've done a lot of great fucking things. They've, they've built great 
uh, teams that went to two fucking Super Bowls. They got Russell Wilson in the third round. Fantastic. Uh, they've drafted good linebackers this time. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, they've, they've drafted a lot of fucking great players. A lot of great players. I'm not just shitting on them. They're, they, they're a great organization. They usually do the right thing. But they fucked this one up. And, but Baltimore didn't because Baltimore never does. They never fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Queen, I love that kid. He's, he's, he's your prototypical today's NFL middle linebacker. A little smaller than you like, uh, but the way he plays is exactly what you want. Draw back in the zone, green cover, just picks passes, picks passes off, attacks uh, behind the line of scrimmage. Just it's really, uh, we'll see how that those two are now linked together forever. Jordan Brooks and Patrick Queen. Yep. All right, moving on to Tennessee, they took Isaiah Wilson, the tackle. Yes, and um, no, we don't bring. I guess we haven't so far, but I'll bring up you know some of my, some of my pre-draft bets. This is one of the bets that I hit. I took over one and a half Georgia prospects getting drafted in the first round. Had to sort it out a little bit, but um, was pretty confident that Isaiah Wilson would go somewhere in the back end of this first round. And uh, both tackles for Georgia now off the board, and this is a giant. Right tackle, he will strictly play right tackle, and it, honestly, it would not shock me all if this is a huge bust. Who, who drafted him? Who got Tennessee. Him? Tennessee, man. Um, even though I was pretty confident he would go in the first round, this kid could absolutely bust out of the league and be done in three years. All right, number 30. Uh, I wrote down Noah something. I don't remember his name, cornerback. Oh, wait. Igbenaya. Igbenaya. Miami draft. Why don't you write down there? Why don't you tell me what you put? I said, Jesus. Is it radio safe? Can you yeah. even read it? It says, Jeez. Right. Raw personal crazy athleticism. Don't know about taking this chance. In the first. What was the team? Miami. They got him? Miami. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, this this was a player that could have gone in the third round. I think I said this on our on our mock draft. This I didn't wasn't sure where to place this guy on our on our mock draft because he could have gone in the first, he could have gone in the third. Uh, it was surprising to see him go this high though. If if he could have came back to Auburn and played another year of quarterback and and just smooth some of his uh, you know stuff out, then he would have been a locked top ten, top twelve type quarterback, much like C.J. Henderson and, and Okuda. Um, so, it's not a bad pick going to Miami because they're not ready to be contenders yet. And with a defensive coaching staff getting their, getting their hands on him and working with him and, and smoothing him out, uh, this this could really be a home run for them. I, I, I like the I love the upside of this kid, big time, big time. Upside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, All right. thirty one. Jeff Gladney. Wait, What's the team? Uh, Look it up. Looking it up right now. Just talk about Jeff Gladney. Tell us all the Thirty? Did you say 31? Well, San Fran, that was the trade that San Fran did with Minnesota. Oh, so Minnesota. And it, it was Jeff Gladney. Yes. Right? Minnesota. Okay, Jeff Daly, quarterback, TCU. Uh, I was kind of shocked at this, actually, because <clears throat> Minnesota, if you if you look at their track record of drafting DBs, they're almost always the same dude. Six feet, 200-plus pounds, you know, long arms. And this guy doesn't fit that well. He's not that guy. So I was a little shocked, shocked to see Zimmer pick this guy. But Zimmer usually knows what he's doing with uh, defensive players. We'll see how it works out for him. Now, I actually really, really like this pick. I think that he's going to be better than uh, 
Noah, whatever his name is. Igmaniah. They got him. They got him one pick later. So I think. <laughs> okay. okay, so we'll we'll tag those two together. See how those two. Go. All right, and then, and then my favorite pick of the entire draft, number thirty-two. I said it. I said they do it on the mock drafts. I got box for it in my own mock draft. Yep. By the way, I love that you people like to mock people for mock drafts. You know. Well, I'm just saying, like, to, you know, to the people that we heard shit from about who picked, you know, picked this, whatever, for their team. Like, look, you're probably not ever going to be fucking satisfied with whoever any mock draft gives your team, whatever, unless you're, like, the one number one pick. But I don't know. Like, it, it's such a hard thing to do, like, to really give somebody shit over a mock draft. But you can, you can give a shit. I don't care. I don't fucking care. Because guess what? I was fucking right, baby. They took... Clyde Edwards Hilaire running back in Kansas City. I said it on the fucking podcast. This is the perfect fit. Is he the best running back in this class? No. This is the fucking perfect fit for Kansas City and what they do and what Andy Reid does. The hit his uh his versatility and everything that Andy Reid likes to do with his weapons. This was a great fucking pick. And it's almost like, you know, if you're if you're a, a billionaire like Jerry and you just kind of find a diamond ring laying on the side of the fucking road. Like, yeah, I guess I'll take that diamond ring. I mean, I don't fucking really need the diamond ring, but it's a diamond ring. So, eh, eh, fuck it. I'm, I'm sure I can give it to somebody. Charlotte will probably wear it. Uh, something. Like, something. That's exactly what they're doing at this point. I don't, I don't know why you're crowing so much about, I mean, like, of all the running backs, of all the running backs, which one that went to Kansas City wasn't going to be, like, an oh, my God, actually, This is the dude. Yeah, well, Cincinnati, the draft just started, and Cincinnati just took T. Higgins with her, the first pick in the second round. I like that. I like that pick. He's the he's the uh, A.J. Green starter kid. We'll see. Uh, but not bad to start him, start Joe Burrow's career off with another uh, top ranked By the season. way, people, A.J. Green is still alive and very much playing yeah, football. He just doesn't want to play football in Cincinnati, or at least he didn't. They got an interesting wide receiver room right now. They got AJ Green, John Ross. They just drafted T Higgins, and they took that hot team last year. He was just going up. He's just beasting them. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, I like him as a prospect. Dude, you remember that? Uh, what was that game we had? Cincy. I think I think Auden Tate won us he a did. bit. We were, we were like Cincy, like plus. <laughs> 13 and a half or whatever it was against Baltimore. Baltimore. And they had no chance of covering. And then Tate, like, he just kept chunking it up to Tate. He just kept beasting over everyone and moved us all the way down the field and scored the touchdown, put us in the cover line. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that kid now for sure. Love Dalton Tate. He's like 6'5", 235. I mean, he's just big. I mean, look at the – Jesus, six, green 6'4". And, and I don't know his exact weight. Dalton Tate, 6'5". Uh, T. Higgins, T. Higgins, 6'4". They got some big boys down there. Joe Burrow is going to have plenty of big targets to throw to. Yeah, maybe get some offense. All right, well, that was a little bonus coverage for you. Uh, we got into the second round here. <laughs> yeah, because it started. So, anyway, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to cut it up and uh, send it out to you. We hope you appreciate it. You hope We hope you uh, enjoy it. And, um, you know, happy second draft day poolside here from your football 
glory hole.